How do you showcase your work through websites, digital media? To uh, that sort of poorly, I showcase my, my portfolio. Welcome to season two of the Copyright Podcast. I am Parker Johnson. I'm Ian Hanna. And this is our guest, Drew Rich. And today we're going to interview him about his photography experience so far. So uh, how did you get started and what's your background? I started with media at my high school, Olathe East High School. Um, in the early 2000s, I was a part of the video announcements. Um, so I would shoot games, highlights, and stuff like that. Um, and just learned Final Cut Pro. Uh, fell in love with just editing videos and, and making media around sports. Um, but then when I went to college, I kind of put my camera on a shelf and didn't think it was a viable um, career choice for me. So had a good like seven, eight year time frame in the middle where I didn't touch a camera, didn't really pay attention. Um, but it was just always like in the back of my head that it's what I really wanted to do. Um, and that voice just can't, got louder and louder um, until 2019 um, I bought a Sony, or I sorry, I rented Sony stuff before that to film some like backyard weddings, um, and just get kind of the ball rolling on on the updated version of cameras. Because seven or eight years off of learning about cameras, everything was different. So um, shot friends' weddings, um, a lot of you know just small jobs like that. Finally bought a camera in 2019. And since 2019, or from 2019 to now, have been um, freelancing, um, just working around town, whether it's sports, real estate, wedding, uh, anything that pays, I shoot. It's a good way, good way to put it. Yeah. Um, how do you approach your creative process? What types of things do you find that get you in the creative mood and to help you become more creative in what you're shooting. Sure. Um, so like I said, I started in 2019, but I've been full time um, for the last four, three or four years. Um, and so like waiting for the creative mood is not an option for me anymore. I just have to wake up and create because my clients don't care if I felt inspired that day or if I felt um, like you know, not creating anything. So I've had to develop just patterns of telling my body, you know, we're, we're making something today, whether I feel like it or not. Um, so it's kind of a balance because when that is the mindset, um, it can get draining and a lot of creators talk about burnout and, um, that's a real thing. So I think burnout is a little harder to, to have happen when you're just treating it as a job. Um, because early on when I would be frustrated the most of like, oh, I really need to do this, but there's no like spark of inspiration. Um, those are frustrating feelings. And I think that's what led to some burnout. But now that it's just kind of, uh, this is the job that needs to be done. I have to do it. Um, that's, that's been helpful in that area, but it has not been helpful in like an inspiration gathering mentality. So I've tried to separate like, my work creating and my creating to discover more about like what I like. So, um, 
kind of forgot where the original question was there. Uh, it was what I do, right, to get creative. Um, I have two young daughters, so we go on walks, we go to playgrounds, and I have to use that time to just, like, see what's going on and, and hope something, like, sparks an idea, which moving and walking and just being outside are great things. I just have to combine that with like also family time sometimes. So um, I even tell people who don't have kids because I never just walked when I didn't have children. So, but I think doing that's tough, like finding a park and just walking around is just good because your mind can kind of feel free to open up and, and think. Helps me. Where, where and who do you draw inspiration from? So get ideas for yeah. the next shoot or if you're out shooting and you're like oh I can't think of something mm -hmm. where do you go to currently um, I've really liked getting like used photo books on Amazon there's a ton of like old Sports Illustrated photographers like Neil Leifer or Walter Yost I don't care about like the quality of books so you can get Sports Illustrated photo books on Amazon for real cheap and I kind of am, I have a growing collection um, and something about a photo book feels more inspiring than just scrolling um, so I do that um, and also but you know I say that and also I do look especially during college football season and college basketball season is just starting um, I'm always kind of paying attention to what some of the top programs are doing um, because of the nature of my work I try to offer high-level high schools or, or junior colleges um, packages that emulate um, Division One programs, and it's just me by myself, so I'm not at all saying I can match what D1 creative teams can do, but that's where I'm drawing inspiration and um, pitching to high schools or, co or small colleges and saying, you know, these are the type of problems or things that I can fix through media. Um, that's been helpful. Can you talk about a piece uh, or a project that has been your most favorite mm -hmm. in the last year? Yeah, my so favorite project over the last year. Um, and I, I'm at a point where when I'm hired for like a creative job, it's my favorite at the moment just because in this industry as a freelance like my bills are depending on it so um, but I will say anytime that I get to work with other creative people um, is a blast so this summer I was hired by a creative team out of Texas uh, called Freaky 3 um, Ryan Parker is the creative director down there and, and he kind of called asked if I was interested to follow the um, Adidas girls basketball tournament throughout the summer. Um, so I got to work with really talented individuals who work at um, some really cool schools like Louisville, Northwestern, um, some designers from the NHL. And as a freelancer, I'm used to just being alone, working by myself. Um, so working these basketball tournaments with people who have the same goal um, and are really collaborative. Uh, Ryan does a great job of bringing creative people together who want to um, like help everyone reach their fullest potential. So that was my favorite project of the last year is just 
being around other creatives and it filled my sails going into this time now where it's just me and a computer screen or my camera. How do you showcase your work through websites, digital media? To uh, that sort of poorly. I showcase my, my portfolio is begging to be updated all the time. Um, I don't have a reel, even though I have, I need one. Um, but again, like I kind of hark back to like when, when I'm not spending time on a paid job, I'm usually being a dad or a husband. Um, and I know it's a bummer and it's like holding me back. I think long-term to not work on my portfolio. Um, and not keep those things updated, but um, it, it's just something I need to work on. So I do have a website. I do try and keep it semi-updated, but it's that's a weak point in my business for sure. So I would say Instagram and Twitter are like my, it's easy to like put up a post and I really do enjoy like finding creatives to communicate with on social media. Um, and that's been successful. Um, I'll also admit there's the dopamine hits of the likes and the comments and stuff that I, I can't fully deny, even though it, it's not super important to me. Um, but mainly that community building of other people who are creative on social media has been awesome. How do you approach working with clients or collaborators on different creative visions or ideas? Um, I can talk about clients for sure. Um, Every time I pitch something to a client or if they come to me, I make sure, uh, and this is learned from like learning lessons the hard way of over communicate what the client is expecting to get back in return. Um, because whether it's a school administration or a, or a coach or a parent, um, which are different types of clients that I'm used to working with, um, I can't assume that they're in the world of media and understanding what media can be used how or what they should be doing with the media that I make. So when I am like before even, even I book clients, um, I, I'm having them fill out like a Google form or a phone call and talking about how are you going to use these pictures? How do you, you know, what media problems do you have that I can help solve? Um, so my biggest tip is like, if you think you're communicating everything fully, communicate more. Yeah, and just um, in a respectful way, like you don't want to talk down to people, but it's just like any kind of business that has jargon that people might not be, you know, in as much as you are. You kind of just have to see like, meet them where they're at with their understanding. Um, and that makes the whole project go way smoother when there's something in writing that says, you know, these are the things I'm creating because that's what we already talked about. And then also anything extra, it opens you up to saying like, okay, this is beyond the scope of what we talked about. So my rate for extra is, you know, X, Y, and Z. And whether you're young in high school um, or in a business setting, like just getting the reps of talking like that, talking like a media company um, is, is helpful. And what's the most challenging project you work? in the past year or in your career? The, mo the most challenging part of my work is the business side. I love the creative, the creative side. When I'm actually shooting a game or shooting a media day, 
I'm in my element. I, I know what I'm doing. I've put in the reps. Um, I'm trying new things. Um, and I get like that fills my sales. That is the exciting part. The hardest part is bookkeeping. The hardest part is finding new clients while I'm working on current clients work. Um, and just kind of like being an outdoor cat <laughs> fighting for your food is like, it's draining. Uh, it's a lot of rejection, um, but it allows me to keep doing the work that I love. So that's the hardest. Like I, I don't view like a shoot as being hard because I've worked other type of jobs that have been hard, like catering or, or serving at restaurants. Like that to me is hard, but a long shoot day uh, is enjoyable. What, what gear are you using to shoot your media days or any sports that you shoot? So, like I said, I bought my first like actual camera in 2019 and I'm still using that A7 III. Um, I checked last week, it has 350,000 shutter clicks on it. Uh, so like anytime it pauses, I'm thinking like, oh, this is it, we, we've had a good run. But, so I, on like big projects, I will rent a body, usually an A7 IV. Um, we have a local place that I drive by almost every day. And and if I need that, I can rent it, but I also need to upgrade. It's just, been put, I've been putting it off. So, shoe Sony, um, the 70 to 200 F2.8 is on my camera 90% of my time for sports. Um, but I also uh, like to shoot wide, that 16 to 35 lens is good, um, but that's, a lens I mostly use for real estate work. Um, and then lighting, I, I have a full kit of like a three light setup for strobes um, because a lot of my media day work, I'm using strobes and um, I have a bunch of different like seamless backdrops that I lug around the city. So if you're thinking about upgrading, yeah, the Sony A9 Mark III just came out yesterday when we record this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's got 24.6 megapixels and yep. you can shoot up to 120 frames per second. Which <laughs> is only for six grand. Right. But, yeah. There's nothing wrong with it, but. I, so 120 frames per second. If you're just like holding down the shutter during a full football game, mm -hmm. how many photos do you think you would be calling through at the end? Shout out photo mechanic. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, couple, yeah, yeah. Couple hundred thousand, right? You know? Yeah. I estimated yesterday if so, one second of holding the shutter down, you're taking 120 pictures. Mm -hmm. And that can shoot 120 frames per second raw. Yeah. So that's a lot. That's six gigabytes in one second. My laptop is shuttering. Like, yeah. even not with D's, shuttering, like, not excited about that type yeah. of work. It, I would love to try one out if anyone wants to. But you for know, you, yeah. it has flash sync mm -hmm. with speeds up to one eight thousand. Sorry, eighty thousandth of a second. So your shutter so that's speed. Wild. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's. You need a new laptop for that one. I would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because right now my the A seven three I don't. I don't. I'm usually just shooting at one over two fifty is the highest sync, and I could be wrong because I said it before we started recording, when I read these numbers of like specs, sometimes my eyes cross. And, mm -hmm. But the 300 2.8 lens that they announced, um, you know, I'll put my Venmo 
on Twitter maybe and see if I can get close to it because that I would love. I'm only working with 200 F, F2.8 right now. I mean, that's still 6,000. You're paying 12,000 for the, cam- the new yeah. brand new camera and brand new lens. But luckily we only need one kidney. So I'm really working toward like how I can get that yeah. lens. That would be helpful. Yeah, sell your house, sell your car, sell your my wife other camera. Would, yeah, my wife would be bummed. Sell your wife. But, <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, with the super fast autofocus, and that 120 frames per second is in autofocus. So all your 120 frames in that second are all fully autofocus. Do you mind if I ask you, are you mainly, I was mostly in mainly, mainly video or mainly film? So I've transitioned three times. So I started video and then I went photo. No, that's a lie. I started photo, went video, then went, went video, photo. and then went back to photo, and then I'm trying to do a little bit of both. Yeah, which is good. That's mm-hmm. how you should. Because then you can take. I mean, I don't advertise myself as a videographer. Mm-hmm. I advertise myself as a primary sports photographer mm-hmm. working for Island Media. Same. Yeah. Photo first. So, I I just recently started. Like yeah. my like whole photo career has. Like just kicked off, like with joining Eye on You, and um, I I took p- pictures here and there, mm-hmm. like a while back with like a like a horrible school camera, mm-hmm. just like what they gave you. Um, but as I'm advancing, I'm I've always been mm-hmm. on the photo side. I've taken a couple of videos here and there, um, but yeah. I also shoot Canon, which is not a very good photo or a very good photo. Video, mm-hmm. you got one day. I did get there, um, but you guys shoot with Sony, and yeah. Sony is are obviously a way better video and low light than a Canon is. Well, so. I will say, I wouldn't be a Sony shooter. I would be a Canon shooter, but since I don't have a Canon camera that works very well, I shoot Sony, and I can borrow Sony cameras really whenever. The secondhand Canon lens market is so much better because yeah. they've been around. So that's the, I don't have brand loyalty. I even have a piece of tape over the Sony on my camera because I don't care. And if people ask me questions, I'm usually like, you discovered, like, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I go like, oh, what megabits? And I'm just like, I don't know. It, yeah. It, so it, sh- it gives me what? I know I want full frame mm-hmm. and I know I want a lens that's fast, yep. I mean, especially in high school gyms that aren't lit for TV. Oh my goodness, they're horrible. Um, oh yeah, your A793 or A93 mm-hmm. goal shutter. So, just, which does that mean it's well traveled? Do you, can you explain? Can well, you explain so global shutter? For, pe- for people yeah. that don't know the global shutter, me, this is me. This. I don't um, know. That's me too. So it instead of so your sensor scans from top to bottom. Okay. So a global shutter takes it all at once. I see. Okay, so that doesn't make sense. And so you won't have flicker. You won't mm-hmm. have any banding LED boards. You won't have anything like that. Mm-hmm. On top of your one of one, just ridiculous shutter speed. That. So I would even still cover that I had an A nine three if I was shooting it because then if I put out something like mediocre, there's no excuse. Yeah. No excuse. To, people would be like, you have all these specs. And this is the that camera in general is just absolutely ridiculous. That's so crazy. yeah, like that's well, just, it's I described it to my dad yesterday. I was like, 
it's a step down from the A1, but it's also a step up from the A1 in some places with the continuous shutter not, I think the A9 is 30 frames. Well, the, the, the autofocus is like the biggest thing, I think. Because I mean, if you're a sports photographer and you're taking pictures of sports, mm -hmm. all of those things happen in a frame of a second. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's so fast. People are saying the A9 Mark III is the best sports camera you can buy. Right yeah. Now. It's level with the R3. Because, me. I mean, I know shooting with Canon, like my, my shutter speed can only go so high. Like I can only take so many pictures per second. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I know I've missed some pictures because I can only do that. Yeah. So it's like, I'm glad you said you missed pictures because when I hear people like, oh, my camera missed, I mean, it's like, it, your camera only is limited by how much you can go. For sure. Like, yeah. it's not the camera, it's the photographer. And it's it's still the timing, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's why I say I missed the picture because yeah. I, I didn't time it right. But I mean, if I had a faster, well, like, if my frames per second were faster, I would have more pictures. That's another thing. This, a, this new A9, it has um, pre record. So you can record compressed raw photos when you have the shutter pressed down halfway and it's taking pictures without you knowing. So you can go back and select, I think it's the max of a second back between before you actually click the shutter, you can select. So if they showed it in the video, I'll show it up on here. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, it shows that you can go back in time and grab a photo that you took that's that you didn't take mm -hmm. but you did take it because you were aiming there so if you take it at the wrong time you can go back um, I get excited this, about this I kind of gone the opposite way of this just because in order to make a living like I'm shooting a game delivering shooting another game delivering so like I'm getting frustrated when I come home from a football game and I have over a thousand images because I know that's going to take me longer to get, you know, to sift through. So what I do after a game is, okay, from these thousand, I have, you know, however many I like, how can I look at these pictures that I like and make the number that I like bigger next time? Mm -hmm. And I always think of like some of my favorite sports pictures were taken on film where after 24 or 25 exposures, they're switching out. I mean, they had some crazy double barrel, or, you know, double film rolls that they could speed through. But, like those Nerf guns that yeah, but they were also so much more intentional about the photos they took because each roll of film costs whatever. I'm not going to try and do conversions. Yeah, but like, yes. Yeah. So agree. I almost have flipped from like, I don't want to take as many if it's super important and like the client is expecting so much coverage then yeah i'll hold down my shutter but the with repetition i felt like i need to at least be intentional of like okay what type of image am i going for what does the client want and what's going to keep me from this scrolling past the same image over and over that is not useful to me but I mean, I always, like, I sacrifice sleep. Like, sometimes after a sporting game, I'll be up till 3 a.m. Mm -hmm. And I'll sacrifice my sleep to get the picture, mm -hmm. to shoot what I need to shoot and to get what I need to get. I'll tell Aiden the same thing. I'll be like, hey, can you please overshoot tonight? Because I 
want a certain number of pictures or a certain person is might be paying us for a certain picture that we get. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that we get that shot and don't miss it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's overshooting or there's shooting the that amount was. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think once you do it over and over and over again, you don't have to overshoot because you understand how to anticipate and know I don't want 15,000 images from this game if I'm only going to deliver 100. But mm-hmm. That's where that Sony camera comes in handy. Yeah, and sure. photo mechanic. That's it. Photo mechanic. Shout out to photo mechanic. Yeah. They're not a sponsor. I would like them to be a sponsor, but they're not right now. Yeah. Photo mechanic is the goat for any. Yeah. When I started, I would go and like use it through Finder and it took me forever. And then I would do it connected to my iPad because it brought it up right away and then went to photo mechanic. And I used to import all my photos onto my computer through Finder and then call through on Lightroom. Mm. But that's, now that I that's what I do because yeah. I don't have a laptop. I just I just use the school desktop or desktop. Yeah. But it's, now that I have uh, photo mechanic, it's so much easier and saved me so much time. Whether it's captioning, tagging, calling, mm-hmm. and any my entire workflow, it's very very helpful. And deleting yeah. in game. Um, no, I haven't yet tethered. Yeah, I was going to on Sunday. Yeah. But I was like, I didn't sit down until two minutes in the first. And I was like, yeah, yeah. It takes a while because with Sony, you have to go through Imaging Edge and you have to mm-hmm. put it in the auto. Yeah, it's just too much work. But I would like to at some point. But you can't really do it for when you're shooting KU because you just can't. Because you, you can't have your computer like on a cart next to you. When you're running oh, I'm talking about deleting with like on your camera. Like, oh. oh, that was out misfocused. I will, I will yeah. only do that if it's a really, really bad yeah. picture. Sometimes I'll do that. I've done it a few times because sometimes I'll like have it by my side and I'll actually really click the shutter mm-hmm. and I'll take two pictures that are out of focus of right. some yeah. lake or something. Yeah. Anything I can delete, and this is we're just coming at it from a different place, but anything I can delete while I'm still at the game means I don't have to delete it when I'm at home or when, you know, when I'm all like all pre-pull as I call it yeah. and all like star my mm-hmm. pictures that yeah, like, if I want to narrow down my time, yeah. like I'll probably do that on Saturday because I have such limited time from KU and then an actual job and then go to another shoot. And I, you've already I seen mean, the pictures now, but when, when you say shooting KU and an actual job, so shooting KU is, well, my actual job is serving at a pizza restaurant. So it's not glamorous, but it gets me money. Uh, it's glamorous. <laughs> and pizza's good. It's expensive. It's glamorous. Um, but shooting KU, I'll be there from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. And I'm shooting that whole time. After the game, I'll go in, import all my stuff, and call through in the car and... And what, you you work at five? We're four to four. Okay, concept, so... You, concept starts at eight. Okay, so you're... it's down ten. You're well, we're going to go with flour on our pants still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, got, yeah. I like it. 
I will say, so somebody told me this because I was saying there are times when I like have to seek out like people who have been in the business longer than me. And I kept saying freelancer when I do this freelance, when I do this freelance. And they said to me, and it might be a small thing, but it's something that I've worked on of if you can switch what, or I've tried to switch in my head of not saying freelance or say my small business or my media company. And when I do that, for whatever reason, I, somebody who knows like psychology probably knows better, but I, when I reframe it in my head, then I'm also reframing it for my client and to where, and that's the only reason I asked about actual job was that made it feel like you shooting KU isn't an actual job, which I believe it is. Like whether it's, or not. Okay. It's not, I'm not talking about the paychecks. I'm just saying you're treating it as an actual mm-hmm. job. So if you reframe it in your head, the repetition of every time you set, you frame it as your actual job, whatever it is, you know, synapses or neurons. These are science words that I've heard. <laughs> just like it, <laughs> Don't feels, know yeah, it, right feels, it feels different. So I catch myself of just like, if I'm talking to a client, I'm usually saying my media company. And then I look around and it's me and my laptop. Yeah. But that's okay. And like, because. it just helps me like, when you start treating it like that, other people start treating your business as serious. Because yeah. fair or not, in this world, some people don't respect it as an actual job. And some people are just like, hey, it's, it's a hobby that you right. enjoy doing on yeah. the side. And that doesn't make it. People don't know you don't make any money yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I've told like certain yeah. people, yeah, same. But like, they don't know that you're not making money mm-hmm. off of what you're trying to do for a job. Yeah. I mean, that's where every photographer starts. They all start making no money. That's mm-hmm. just how it they is. start by it as a hobby and then it grows into yeah. a beginner. Exactly. I'm mean, amateur and then you're professional and you're a super pro. It's like everything. And I, yeah, I bought my camera and because I took those like seven years off, I knew, okay, I have to get good at this while getting paid because I was already married. I already had a kid and I was like, if I want to do this, I can't just like casually learn it. Yeah. Which I wouldn't suggest to people. That's not like something I would do. I bought the camera with background knowledge. Like I understood composition and stuff like that. But I was like, I need to practice this so much, I can't afford to not be paid for it. Yeah. And it's still like fighting for every paid job possible. Yeah. And it's a lot of it is balancing of turning down maybe a cool shoot or a cool experience for one that is going to pay. I've had opportunities to shoot a sport that I really wanted to shoot for a team that I would really want to be a part of. But if a real estate job that's paying more money, I have to kind of go that direction because I have a family and that's a lot of pressure. So when I talk to high, people in high school who are shooting, I try to, and that sounds like the old guy, but like this is such valuable time where you can learn and, and develop a style without the pressure of, is this bill going to be due soon? Or yeah. is this $6,000 camera going to? Sink me, <laughs> which that six thousand dollar camera doesn't ship till February twenty third, okay, twenty twenty four. So that's good. You can't get it for a while, or not good. Sorry, it gives, gives all three of us time to make money. 
I'm hoping that. it trickles down. <laughs> <laughs> you need a car, computer, and a bike, and then you'll be good. Yeah, I need it to trickle down to like make the uh, the lower cameras cheaper. That's what I'm saying. That's where I'm excited about it. Takes, it takes, yeah. handy, takes you know, a while like, to yeah, get there. Yeah. I need that 300 f 2.8 to make a lesser lens cost way less. Yeah. I mean, if you were a staff photographer for USA Today or Getty Images or AP, you're getting paid salary and you can get this camera or you can ask for a discount because... Well, they usually provide it. I was talking to a, a USA Today shooter in Chicago mm-hmm. and he opened up his trunk and there was literally probably worth more than my house amount of equipment. That's, that's a big saying. I'll go down. It was a lot of money. <laughs> and so I was like, wow. and so I was talking to him, like he's been doing this for years, super respected in the industry. Um, and so he was like, well, your biggest thing is like, you should grab two a nines. And I was like, Oh no, we're talking about different. Like I can't, afford that and well, I was like how do you afford this and he was provided it all by the company so so that's the goal I found out that and by talking to other photographers mm-hmm. with USA Today Getty and all those Getty has Getty shoots with Canon mm-hmm. USA Today shoots with Sony mm-hmm. and then I think I don't know what AB shoots with I know they're not Nikon are they Nikon? It's, I don't think it is. I should I should get Charlie in this podcast. Yeah, you should definitely you should definitely look and see if they shoot with Nikon because I will forever have somewhat of a hate with them. What did Nikon do to you? No, no I one just, likes Nikon. Everybody they make jokes about it being a potato. It is a potato. It is a potato because I've shot with Nikon once I, and I, I did not like any pictures. I, I have like a, seven. I have a, like a Nikon, like yeah. small one. Um, it takes good long They're, distance. Yeah, it has good long distance. Like I have some sick moon pictures because bird, I felt like taking I mean, a picture yeah. of the moon. Bird photographers love it. Yeah, they're all about moon. Yeah, but that's because their long distances right. are insane. But like, their shutter speeds are different. Mm-hmm. Their uh, ranges are different in general. Their lenses are not as nice as Canon's or Sony's. Um, but it's just like a, it's just like a whole like different. Mm. Direct from AP's website. AP is committed to providing the best imagery to our member wire, whoa, member news organizations and customers across the globe. Adopting Sony's cutting edge equipment and technology allows us to do that by enabling our photographers and video journalists to faster and more flexible, ultimately creating better visual journal. I've read that completely wrong. Words are hard. They are, but I got what you were saying. So So USA Today and AP both use Sony and Getty uses Canon. That's Makes why Canon is the best. Getty, okay. Sponsor yeah. us. I, when, Getty images <laughs> sponsor us. When I first got my Sony, I, I was looking up, like, you can find picture profiles of how to imitate Canon color science on Sony. Mm-hmm. And then it just got to the point where I didn't care enough. Yep. Because <laughs> That's about like, right. I was just developing my own look anyways. But Yeah. Everybody has their styles. Yeah. And... My style is definitely, uh, I like a darker look mm-hmm. on pictures. So, like, my high school football pictures are all somewhat darker. Can't um, help it with high school. That's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. If you don't like dark high school just, football, just, just stay shooting just high school yeah. football if you want the dark pictures. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I will kick you off sporting it's if you want to do that. <laughs> well, I came from weddings where it's light and airy, everything. So, I think 
it's helped me to kind of come in and, um, you know, it's frustrating at times, my style and nighttime football for high school is kind of butts heads, but then it forces me to like, okay, there are good images to be made here. Just where are they? Yep. Um, and I think those make it better, but then I'm also trying to get at warm up because when the sun's setting at warm ups, if you look on my Instagram, most of my football pictures are very clearly at yeah, warm up oh yeah, of the game sure. because I like that lighting the best. No. And now that we're coming into winter and basketball season, I won't see the sun for two months. Um, so I tried to get as much sunset football pictures as possible. For sure. I mean, mine are mm-hmm. like darker. Uh, that one's not bad. Still, like, yeah. Are, I mean, but that's warm. Those are all warm ups. Right. And those are warm ups. Lights. And yeah. those are all warm ups. Mm-hmm. There's like a dark one, a dark one, yeah. a dark one. So, what ISO are you at usually? Uh, I usually sit. Um, oh, shoot. Thirty two hundred. Yeah, thirty two hundred ish. That's a good that's where I was at with those. That's where I was at with place to start on Canon, especially. The Sony's that we're shooting on now are they can go up to sixty four hundred, very little noise. Which Sony? Uh A seven C's. Okay. Yeah, I was I would never go over thirty two hundred. And then when I worked, like I said, with um other creatives for the Adidas tournament, um it was shooting for a, a preset that wasn't your own. So yeah. that taught me a bunch of different things of like, okay, this is a preset because they want all the pictures to look the same. And there was like four shooters. So we're all shooting with different, we're with the same settings that aren't up to you, which at first I was just like, man, I don't know how this is going to, I have never shot like this. And coming away from that experience, it taught me, oh, I, you know, I'm still comfortable at 3,200, but we were pushing ISO way out of my comfort zone. And then when I saw on the back end, like, oh, these are still usable and good images. So now when I'm shooting, and I wouldn't have learned that if people weren't like pushing me out of that comfort zone. So now I will try it. I still like to sit around like 2,532 and Mm -hmm. with the AI denoising, it can work, but I'm also not trying to get this. It works so libraries AI. I'm not, I don't like that it puts a bigger file in your computer. Right. I like agree. It makes combines too, but, but it if, works. It, if it gives me a noise free picture, works yeah. for me. Um, with your, uh, your Adidas, right? Or Adidas That's like yeah, yeah. With that, and you're like, there are four of you shooting in all the same settings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you make your pictures pop out more than other people? That's a good question, but my goal was for the team. Like, it was totally different. I was like shooting, trying to get the best of the team. Mark. <laughs> Mark. Okay. It's hard. Yeah, okay. Your best friend is your co host. No, I yeah, it's so, bad. It's so bad. Okay. Good question. <laughs> um, no, I because I was thinking of that, of working with a team, which I'm normally by myself, I'm going to power through. He's tired. Yeah. Oh my! Because <laughs> I said good not question. the blooper, not the blooper. No, this will go with the actual episode. Okay. I got this. Out. Okay, this is funny. Um, the <laughs> why I said good question was because that came to my mind of like okay, because during the brief we were just like okay, we want it to look cohesive because we're not shooting for our personal um, 
personal brands. So um, I wasn't trying to stand out or pop out. I was trying to make the- <laughs> I can't look at make you laugh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm Get out. I was like, you're walking in here. We're just two teenage kids messing around. It's, it's okay. who I'm around. Like most of my jobs are in high schools. Yeah. I'm, I'm you're shooting all with the high schoolers, yeah. When, I went to school as an education major. Um, it's not foreign to me, but I will say it was a learning experience. Um, and I had to learn like not to rely on my own editing style to stand out. I'm sorry. That's, That's really well. good. You said it so well. <laughs> oh, I messed gosh. it up. Okay. I just kept looking at you and you just, oh, that was a mess in general. I'm just glad it wasn't like I said something that completely went over my head. No, no, no. Just some we, it was telling what you said. Yeah, just, we totally agree with what you said. Yeah. That, that makes so much sense for sure. My best advice there is when you are hired by like a creative agency, it it is a good practice to like set your personal goals aside because yeah. you want them to hire you again. For sure. And if you're trying to be some hero, uh, it just doesn't work in a team atmosphere. For sure. Which now he's a little nut. Now I'm going to start like a tight five minutes of stand up with just explaining shooting for a creative agency. <laughs> it's not that. I don't know what you're laughing at. I don't know what you're laughing at. I keep thinking about what this interaction. It's like, Good question. <laughs> yeah, good question. I'm gonna go get some water. I'll be back. You guys, you guys have a good conversation. Okay. I don't know what to talk about. I was like the only question I've had. Like, just oh, that's good. deeply in the camera. I'll put you in the pool. It was something. We're gonna slow zoom in. Um, that was different because usually I'm like, and this is I could talk way longer about the competitiveness of this industry mm -hmm. is tough because. If I'm trying to compete with other photographers, it totally isolates yourself. Yeah. Which is, an, and freelancing is already an isolating job. For sure. So if I'm trying to compete with other people, and like, then it's even more isolating. So I was just trying to shoot and like get good pictures. We had lists of like what athletes are committing to what schools, what athletes want, to, you know, does Adidas want to highlight the most? Yeah, that's what it was like at the Blue Valley Northwest game um, on Thursday of last week. It was like their number nine had committed to Iowa State. Mm -hmm. Their seven had committed to um, Florida or something like that. Mm -hmm. So there were like two of those guys that were always, obviously they're going to be looking for pictures. Mm -hmm. But um, there were a couple of commits and I, had a, I was shooting for my school. Mm -hmm. So I had all my friends on that team, all of them knew me. So mm -hmm. every time I would look up, they would all be looking at my picture. Hey, you should get a good picture of that. Well, some, some like words coming out, mm -hmm. but like, yeah, that creates its own, uh, complications. I would say, cause yeah. yeah, that experience is totally different than when you have, like, you don't know the players and mm -hmm. you might, you know, with that experience, I wasn't really choosing what players to highlight. It was given to me. Yeah. Um, so it was a great learning experience of like, and I've brought a lot of that information to my freelancing where it's pretty much just me shooting what the client wants. But I've gotten to a point now where a lot of clients will hire me and just say like, we want what you do. So you do what, you know, what you've done. So 
which is nice, but also sometimes I just want someone to tell me what they want because yeah. decision fatigue is a real thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want, I've already probably chosen like my kids' outfits for the day. I, I want less decisions sometimes. Yeah. So I'm looking at your uh, Casey Kerr pictures. Were you shooting for them? For the NWSL. Oh, okay. So coverage for both National Women's Soccer League. Because uh, uh, I saw, I saw you were on the field after the game, and I was like, are you, like, how do you have all access? Are you shooting for that? I probably meant, like, four photographers were sick, and they called mm-hmm. me. But, yeah, when you're shooting for the NWSL, I think it's the LCC program. Um, they want coverage of both teams. Yeah. Um, which, with soccer, is tough. Yeah. Um, but... Very. It's another good lesson of like if you're a perfectionist, um, like as a high school shooter, being a perfectionist is probably a good thing because you're learning and like figuring out your style. But if you're a perfectionist and you're shooting for a league or an agency, I think it's tougher because it's the business side of it comes in more than the creative side where like whether or not you think it's a good image doesn't matter as much because they need something to, to post. Mm-hmm. And so like you might be sitting there frustrated, like, Oh, I wish I had gotten this or this where the people who hired you are like, if it's delayed, they're going to be more frustrated than if you didn't get like a grail shot. Um, and so it's been a lot of like learning of when to be precious about like your images and when to just deliver. Yeah. Um, and that's a good, like just lesson. But um, do you have anything? I, I got my one good question. Out. That was yeah. your good yeah, question. Right. That I could not stop laughing. Got railroaded. Yeah. Good, yes. <clears throat> um, thank you guys for listening and watching the Copyright Podcast. Listen to the Copyright Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you else you get your podcast. I don't know what the next episode will be. I don't look at me because I don't know. This I'm trying to get chance and ask one side. Keep the chance and not do it. Chance, I, I texted him like, hey, do you want to be the co-host? And Love you, Chance, like, but... He did not. I asked nice Roman, thing. like, last season, I was like, hey... Do you Roman want to totally would. He, he said he's not interested, though. I'm like... That's a lie. That's a lie. Roman, you're interested. Yeah. He'll watch this and be like, oh, I can do it. Oh, I can. <laughs> After we just started dying laughing, of course, he's going to be like, oh, that's... Roman's going to be like, yep, those my boys. All right. Thank you for watching yeah, thank you. and listening. And Adios. Whatever. Thank you for listening to the Copyright Podcast. Tune in on your favorite places to listen to podcasts every Saturday for new episodes.